The better the grip, the more spin you generate. A simple fact of life that has enormous implications for America's favorite pastime. Pitchers have long used whatever they could to get an edge. Now the league is hitting back. It all started with the spitball, then fish oil, followed by pine tar, now spider tech. Pitchers using substances to increase their control of the ball or make their pitch unpredictable to hitters, breaking the rules for decades as league officials looked the other way. Not anymore. First ejection a few days ago, Mariners, Hector Santiago, more to come, surely. Ever since the Astros were caught abusing live feeds, the MLB has gone strict on cheating. The new crackdown could be good for the game, but at what cost? False accusations might slow an already slow game down. Jesus knows all about false accusations, but he never defended himself. Instead, he went faithfully to the cross, all to save us. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this final day in June, we're in a series called A Fisherman's Letter. The life of Peter is nothing but fascinating. And not just because he was a disciple chosen by Jesus, he was a fisherman, a poor Galilean, uneducated. He grew up in a place and with people who were forgotten as well as overlooked. Yet the Lord chose him. The Lord chose him to do mighty things in his name. Peter saw some of the first Gentiles come to faith in Christ. He worked miracles as an apostle. Yes, he betrayed Christ on the night of his arrest, but the Lord redeemed him, even restored him. Peter's life is like our lives, really. Loved by the Lord despite our sin, restored by the Lord, and commissioned by the Lord to do his will. Part of that will for Peter was to write. We spent two weeks looking at this fisherman's life, and this week we're looking at this fisherman's letter. His first letter, actually, and one that he wrote to Christians who may have thought they were forgotten and overlooked. Today we're going to look at an important reminder from Peter that Christians are not forgotten by God. In fact, he tells his readers that they are the Lord's people. They belong to him. They are citizens of his kingdom. And that really changes everything. In a moment, we're going to visit 1 Peter chapter 2, where this message comes through loud and clear. But first, I'd like to remind you that, as I just said, this is the final day of June. And we could really use your help to finish meet our budget for this fiscal year end. But as a thank you for your generosity towards this 100% listener-supported ministry, I'd like to send you the documentary called In the Footsteps of Peter. Hosted by British actor and follower of Christ, David Suchet, you'll be whisked away to the Holy Land as you follow Peter's life and visit places where he walked. I'm David Suchet, and I'm in search of one of the most puzzling characters in history, a simple first-century fisherman who somehow became the founding father of the most powerful Christian church on earth. Wow, look at these. We know him as St. Peter, mentioned more times in the New Testament than anyone except Jesus. Peter's character and what motivates him has always intrigued me. 
In this series, I'll be uncovering fragments of tradition and half-whispered traces of Peter's life, revealing surprising new discoveries and theories about the man who shaped a faith that came to dominate Western civilization. David Suchet, on location in Jerusalem, investigating the life of Peter and showing us places where Peter walked and probably visited. As you watch in the footsteps of Peter, you'll gain a better understanding about how God used an ordinary man like this apostle to spread the gospel around the world. Would you call us after the program? Call us today. It's very important. Help us reach our fiscal year-end goal by making your gift. Today, the last day. But as a thank you, we'll send you this special DVD. Here's the number. 800 654 2836 haven Or come to our website. Watch the outstanding trailer from the documentary. And then make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. For in the footsteps of Peter. And if you didn't get in the footsteps of Paul from us last year, we have that as well in a special bundle with the Peter documentary for your minimum gift to the ministry. Ask about it when you call or read more about it when you go online. Send us a little bit extra if you possibly can. And now let's get started. We'll open now with Ellie Holcomb. Marvelous, wonderful, infinite God, author of all that is good. Faithful provider and giver of life Source of all power and love Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the end Righteous Redeemer and mighty to save He's the anchor of hope for the souls of Gracious, compassionate, merciful God, radiant, holy delight, beautiful Father, victorious Son, source of unchangeable light. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise, refuge of strength to the Shepherd who comes for the lost Rock of salvation, remarkable love Savior who died on the cross Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the end Righteous Redeemer and mighty to save He's the 
Anchor of Hope by Ellie Holcomb, opening Haven Today in a Fisherman's Letter. I'm Charles Morris. We're following Peter's footsteps, and we're reading this former fisherman's letter that he wrote to Christians who had been scattered all around the world of that day. Persecution had hit. Communities had cut them off, and they were seeking refuge elsewhere. They may have wondered if the rest of the church had moved on without them. Peter calls them exiles in a foreign land, and that's exactly what they were. But that's not the end of the story. Peter's letter was written to show them they were not forgotten. And more importantly, the Lord would never leave them as orphans. It's a message we need to hear today. The Lord will never leave us, never forsake us, and he always remembers us. That was Peter's message in his first letter. It explains why he focuses so often on the big question. How then shall we live? These believers scattered, living in hostile environments. The temptation to assimilate and disappear was strong. Peter wanted them to be captivated by the reality. They belonged to the Lord. They were the Lord's people. The Lord loves them and saved them, and he called them to live for his glory, not to capitulate to the world around them. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Because of who you are, live a certain way. That is Peter's message. It's an important message, and it's rooted deeply in another reality. We're the Lord's people. We belong to him. We're citizens first of his kingdom. And that really changes everything. Listen to how Peter put it when he wrote 1 Peter 2. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. A stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, 
they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Read for us by David Suchet, First Peter 2. He's the host of In the Footsteps of Peter. I'm Charles Morris on Haven Today, a program called A Fisherman's Letter. When the Lord changed this man's name from Simon to Peter, it stuck. Peter, a stone in the church, now writing to Christians that they are the stones, the rocks, which taken together are being put together by the Lord to build his temple. He called these believers and anyone who believes in Christ a holy priesthood. And maybe that can make us pause. In the first place, most of us are not ordained priests. We haven't graduated from any prestigious institution. We haven't trained in or anyone. How can we be priests? But in the second place, we are painfully aware of how unholy we are. Wouldn't you say? I know I think that. Not a day goes by that I'm not reminded of my own shortcomings, my own sin before the Lord and with others. I sin, and I will keep sinning. We are forgiven, of course, but our sin still can plague us. How can Peter call us holy? How can he call us priests? I think Peter probably wrestled with these very same questions. Remember when he first was called to follow Jesus, to become a disciple? He pled to the Lord to depart from him. Why? Because he was sinful. He was unclean. When he resisted the Lord's call to minister to the Gentiles, what was the issue? whether they were clean or not. Peter's world revolved around being clean. Jesus' love made him clean, and Jesus' love made him holy, set apart. We make the mistake of thinking that holiness is first about what we do and not about who we are. How can the Lord call us holy when we sin every day still? Because holiness is about what he's done for us, not what we do for him. He's called us set us apart, and given us his spirit. Therefore, we are holy. You need to hear that again. You are holy if you believe in Christ, not because you don't sin anymore, but because he loves you and has set his spirit upon you. You are holy, and you are called to minister in this world. That's what it means to be a priesthood, to be a priest. It means to be called, set apart, minister, serve. We serve by praying for our neighbors, by paying attention to our neighbors and looking after their needs. But we also serve by offering spiritual sacrifices to the Lord, by praising the Lord, giving him our time and our energy, devoting our lives to his kingdom. We are a holy priesthood and we are a temple, the place where the Lord makes his presence known. Think about how powerful that would be for these first recipients of Peter the fisherman's letter. They were scattered, away from the majority of the church, away from the actual temple which still stood at that point in Jerusalem. Was the Lord with them? 
Peter's letter flips that on its head. In fact, it is through these scattered Christians that the Lord will make his presence felt throughout the entire world. They are the temple, a royal priesthood, and that goes for us too. The Lord is making his presence known through us as we live out our calling in him. Because of the Spirit, we have become the temple, the place where the world meets the living God. Our cornerstone, of course, is Jesus Christ, the one who was rejected by the world, but raised up and established by the Father. We build our lives on him, and it gets even better. Peter went on. We aren't just a holy priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. When you came to Christ, you didn't just come to an individual Savior who's only concerned with your spirit. You came to a king. You were made a citizen of his kingdom. You are a royal priesthood because you belong to his kingdom. You are a co-heir with Christ, and that makes you royalty. But it also means that we are called to care about the world we live in and those around us. It's easy to disappear, to assimilate into the world, or just isolate ourselves from the world. But Peter, the master fisherman, won't let us off the hook. We are a royal priesthood that we may declare his praises in the world, that we may go out and proclaim the truth that he's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And we do this as we serve our neighbor, as we pray for them, as we attend to their needs. We are a priesthood. We are royal, called to advance the kingdom through the gospel of Christ. Once we were not a people, but in Christ we are a people, his people, his kingdom. Our call to live is grounded on the cornerstone, Christ, and all that he is for us. The stone the builders rejected has truly become for us our cornerstone, our salvation. You know, I think it'd be good if we just pray right now. Would you join me in prayer? Our Lord in heaven, here it is, the end of June. Summer's underway. Last day of Haven Ministries fiscal year and we get to talk about the Apostle Peter but more than that we get to talk about him in light of the cornerstone Jesus Christ who came to this earth to bring us salvation to lead us into new life to lead us into the ways of righteousness, ways that we cannot live by and of ourselves, but by his power alive and at work in us. We can serve others, and we can share this gospel of Jesus Christ with others. Lord, we come to you in prayer right now, asking you to bless us, to forgive us, and to lead us in these ways of righteousness for your name's sake. And I pray this prayer now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. My hope is built on nothing less Than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest Christ alone, 
name is Will Morrison, and the song he just sang is Cornerstone, here on this Haven Today. Like so many, maybe you, I'm wondering where June went so fast. Summer months seem to go by quickly as we spend time with family and travel to different places. That's all a good thing. Whether you're with family this season or not, I'd like to recommend a great documentary that you can watch that'll point you to Jesus. It's called In the Footsteps of Peter. And it's like taking a virtual vacation with David Suchet as he leads us to the places Peter would have worked and traveled to in his time. I'd like to send you this two-hour documentary for your generous gift today. And it needs to be today that'll help us reach our fiscal year-end goal. With only hours left in our fiscal year, we still need to bring in just under $37,000. 
Would you help us finish our goal so we can start our new fiscal year in the black and keep sharing the great story about Jesus? Here's the number. Would you call us right now? 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to the website. Watch the trailer for the documentary. You can make your year-end gift in these final hours at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. For in the footsteps of Peter. And if you didn't get in the footsteps of Paul from us last year, we have that in a special bundle with the Peter documentary. For your minimum gift amount, but please consider giving us a little beyond the minimum suggestion. Ask about it when you call or read about it when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you on this final day of June for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If you could invite three people in history to a dinner party, who would you pick? If you were a first century Jew, it would be hard to beat Moses, Elijah, and the promised Messiah. And in Matthew 17, that's exactly who Peter, James, and John see standing in front of them on a mountaintop. Understandably, they got pretty excited about this development, but then a bright cloud overshadowed them, and the voice of God spoke, and they fell on their faces in terror. And then it says, Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And remember it says that when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Anchor Devotional can help you keep your eyes on Jesus daily. Get started today. Visit getanchor.com.